Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, this is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into Old School right here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. DP's still on vacation in Vegas. If you follow him on Twitter, you saw he was at the UFC Hall of Fame red carpet event. All kinds of, of popular Hall of Fame UFC fighters and just popular UFC fighters in general, including one from Nebraska. Uh, he was he was hanging out with all of them, having the time of his life. Um Kind of upset that he missed uh, yesterday's news, yesterday's gigantic news dump of a day uh, with NBA free agency and probably the biggest news of the day, USC and UCLA planning a move to the Big Ten, getting approved by all of the, uh, what is it, the presidents and chancellors and what have you of the Big Ten schools. Uh, That was approved later, so it is officially official. 2024, USC and UCLA will be members of the Big Ten, which is going to be very strange. I am here with you, Rico, joined by Jay Foreman, who's walking into the studio right now. We are we are ready to talk to you about whatever the heck happened yesterday. I don't even know exactly what was going on, but it was a blast, man. How you doing, Jay? Doing good, man. It was uh, strategic in the sense that uh, they're going to send uh, people into Fourth of July weekend with some fireworks, Big Ten. You just never know. Um it was like we mentioned in the in the spillover that uh, quietly that you know I think Memorial Day the new contract was supposed to be announced. They kind of threw it out there. We're just we're working through some things. Then here you go, boom. You know a little bit over a month later, uh, on June thirtieth of all time on a Thursday in yep. the middle, like at, it was just like all right, let's go get lunch, send it, it was, out. It was twelve like. 45 or something like that yeah they had a nice little nice little early lunch yeah we're sitting here with Vershawn there wasn't there wasn't much going on we were talking top 10 Husker teams of all time and just in the middle of it 
Nick's face just drops. I'm sitting over there podcasting, and I hear Nick just go, oh, my gosh. And I right. turn around. I go, what's going on? He goes, you don't know yet? He goes, I got breaking news, Rashawn. We got to stop this right now. And just goes into it. And Rashawn's face, he, he his jaw drops, my jaw right. drops. And I was like, there's no way this is real. We're looking around, and everybody's talking about it. And we're yeah, like, I got oh, a, wow. I got a couple texts from friends, and I was like, oh, man, this is. There's this no way. This ain't real. And then it was like. The Athletic reported it. Then they were like, I think ESPN turned on the radio, and then it was pretty much confirmed. Um, you know, look, it's it's huge for football when you bring, you know, like on the surface, USC. Basketball, UCLA. But at the end of the day, it's two prominent names, two prominent schools, and I think it's, in theory now, the Big Ten, I wouldn't say needs those two, and I could also say maybe UCLA and USC doesn't need the Big Ten, but they both are okay with each other, and they really feel good about the relationship because they both would be – it's advantageous for both of them. You know, it gives you more brand power um, essentially from uh, almost two-thirds of the United States, or you can even just say at least half of the United States. You expand your Big Ten from the middle all the way to the West Coast – and we still have teams out there on the East Coast, um, you know, with Penn State, Maryland, Rutgers, mm-hmm. and all that. So, essentially, now we, we've expanded ourselves, you know, in theory, West Coast, Midwest, deeper Midwest, and kind of like upper East Coast. Mm-hmm. You want to so, say East so, to West. This right. So, essentially, you know, you've tried – this is a power move to almost try to, you know, to kind of spread, you know, spread the Big Ten, you know, throughout the nation. So – um, I think there'll be more to come. I think it's going to be interesting to see what Notre Dame does within a year or two. I don't think anything will happen before the season. I think after the season, you start or you know you start to hear some stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of it will depend on how um, Marcus Freeman does as a head coach, but I think also a lot of it will depend on like me and you talked about off air NBC contract. What Notre Dame really wants to do. What was so important to them, which they, where they were in the driver's seat for years upon years, independent best tv tv contract and deal you're always on tv mm-hmm. is not it's not in their best interest because everybody else is kind of anti up to ante and expanded and they're passing and and have passed notre dame in the sense of the brand the cachet and the importance of only you know going to notre dame and being independent byu's gone that yep. was the other one that was those are like the two big independent byu's already decided to go Two of the two of the uh, uh, academies joined a conference. Right, you need to go somewhere and and find somewhere and find a home because wherever Did all no- three of them, we're all Notre Dame. Wherever Notre Dame goes, which you know, I assume and hope it would be the Big Ten. It just it, it, it makes just, way too much way, sense for it. Right, you're just to there. Be the Big Ten in South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, you're right in the middle of Big do? Ten country. You're gonna the, go to ACC. I mean, that didn't even make sense. They already, they broke off their contract with the ACC, so that's that's not going to happen. Right, it's you're just not gonna go SEC. down. You're, you're not you're not gonna go down. You, they don't want to be unless down they're there. gonna pull a power move and bring like four other teams with them and join the Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> which but, would be dumb. Which no, would, no, I mean, what are you gonna do? Beat up on like. Texas yeah. Tech or it's something still, like that. It's pretty much being independent. Like it, would actually, gonna... it actually would make them look worse. Oh, definitely. Because it would make it look like you're dodging good competition. Yeah. No, join uh, join the Big Ten. You can still have your rivalry with Michigan, your rivalry with, with USC now that they're in the Big Ten. You can still have all of that. You don't have to worry about as much travel. You don't have to go to the right. you know the Atlantic coast. You can kind of stay right there in the Midwest right, yeah. where you're at. You, I mean, you still got to fly out to USC, but you were doing that anyways. And so. the money will be there. 
Notre Dame is going to instantly move up into the top two or three as far as like branding and cachet in the Big Ten. Because Much easier chance to make the cultural football play. Like I know it was decently easy for them if they started the year at a high enough ranking, but they with them playing it. like ACC teams, you'd never had a guarantee that you were going to play the good ACC team. So it's right, just, you know, and, and also um, now there isn't as much pressure to run the table anymore mm-hmm. because everybody knows, especially if they expand it, everybody knows you're going to have one or two losses. So now it's it's the playoff needs to be expanded. It does, but now you know even if you just kept it, say we're in 2024, nothing changed. Notre Dame's in an independent. You know, ACC is ACC. You know, SEC is there. Big Twelve, us. Is it there? You can't you can't put the emphasis on that. You got to run the table in the big. It's just humanly impossible. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, a one loss Big Ten record would, if you have the right schedule. Well, should give you more credentials than say going undefeated in the ACC or it's definitely oh, yeah. the Big Twelve. So it, it works out for everything, and it's to be like I said, it'd be interesting to see what Notre Dame does, see what the rumblings are um, coming because this this isn't the only domino. This is, might be the last one for this year, mm-hmm. but this there'll be more as soon as the season's over because as the college football season goes and you get through the playoffs and you get a national champion. Things move faster because your ability to get into you, you better get into a one of these potential power five con- or power conferences, mm-hmm. which would probably be just two sooner than later. Because if you're if it's you're definitely gonna be if sooner. you're if you're up at top right now, it did, okay, just take Notre Dame right. And that, granted, Big Ten will always accept Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but just imagine Notre Dame is at their they're like at their peak right now in this landscape of college football, probably right. Yeah. Legit national power. Um, they can definitely go down and compete with the big boys. Um, recruit anywhere. Yep. And they and they've also like with you know Brian Kelly's last few years, along with um, Freeman hiring Freeman, they've kind of loosened up a little bit. Um, and have kind of you know you see them doing more stuff on social media. You just you know heck you saw them up there in the College World Series with the baseball team. Yeah. Um, basketball team is always tough. I think that I think this will if they come to the Big Ten, it do nothing but great things for their basketball team. Um, but say like you have a you know say you try to hold out for a couple more years mm-hmm. and say this Marcus Freeman thing doesn't work, right? Mm. You don't want to be on the outside. Of the then you're, then the Big Ten be like instead of like returning your call within five minutes, they'll get back to you whenever they want. Yeah. Maybe the next day. You yeah, know, like, we, we, we're talking to. Then you got to explain what are you going to bring to us. So I think like Notre Dame, and not and this isn't saying Notre Dame needs to operate out of desperation. It's then just be strategic because it's a layup. You know, you can get back to playing Michigan every year. You you can have the you know you can play Michigan State. You know you can play Ohio State like every three or four years. You know, um, and the Big Ten has to be careful. And I think this is what they did to Nebraska, and what I don't. I'm, a lot of people blame Barry Alvarez. Is like Nebraska's first like ten years in the Big Ten. The schedule, I mean, it was horrendous. Hor- like every year, it was, was like, hard. "Hey, you're going to play Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State at least at least one of these teams right. every year for right. ten years." While you're adjusting to the Big Ten, and you know what? How about you play Ohio State every year but two? Yeah, <laughs> and then you got Notre Dame. I don't think that'll happen to Notre Dame. No, they wouldn't because Notre Dame has seen what we probably went went through. They're like, "Oh no, we, we come here." 
you're, you're not going to treat who, us like a new like who a, has like more kid cachet school. joining the Big Ten, like Nebraska at that time or Notre Dame if they joined now? It's a toss up because Nebraska at that time, it, I thought it was like they were in a pretty good spot. They're, pretty I mean, they're spot. coming off two Big Twelve you championship, know, games championship games and uh, being you know and that looked like the program was having some first round picks in the yeah, NFL. Like they're yeah, coming I mean, off it some was pretty there, good it was, seasons. Yeah, it was there. I would probably say maybe Notre Dame because of the college football playoffs, but it's a really a toss up. Yeah. Um, but you know it's going to be it was a, it's been a tremendous adjustment period for Nebraska. Do you think um, it could have been the Big Ten trying to humble Nebraska? Where you well, know, I a think lot the, of people, I think for for years, you know, twenty five years, the Big Ten has been had been jealous of Nebraska. I mean, because anytime we played a Big Ten, we I mean we would laugh at those like, dude, we would we're so much faster and then we're bigger, faster. I mean, we destroyed the Big mm-hmm. Ten. Um so I think that was a little bit of it. I think the one thing that really hurt Nebraska is that as as much as you had to change the way you played on the field coming into the Big Ten, our athletic department at that time didn't change their thinking. Mm-hmm. And and then at that point in time, I think you had a lot of guys that were either in or around the athletic department, and so maybe it might be the higher-ups and the different right. ones, were making decisions and specifically for and about the football team that were personal decisions, and they never worked out well. And that's how you see, you know, Sean Eichhorst get – I mean, Sean Eichhorst was like the equivalent of UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten. It was out of nowhere. Yeah, he just was at Miami like for like six months, and they're like, "Yeah, let's go get yeah, him. Let's go get him." And it was the guy that wa- he wanted to be at Wisconsin, so right. it was just like, "I don't and know then, what's going on here." Um, then we hired Mike Riley. I mean, those are the things as you're going through the transition period. Yeah, you know, granted, I think Bo did some good things while he was here, but I think as Bo was trying to really transition to keep up to the Big Ten, where he saw it going, where he had to see himself going, he didn't get the support from my course. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think that was a big – I think, you know, people always ask me about Bo. And I was like, look, man, he, you know, he he left the program in a lot better place than than when he took it over, and, and he, his record speaks for itself. But the one – in some of the things, you know, like the abrasiveness and all that stuff, I mean, he was abrasive to, like, at some point at, – at certain points, the players that didn't play for him. Like, that to me, that's, like, petty. Like, when coaches are out here, like, worried about, like – media and stuff like dude you you got too much yeah uh, you i've seen coaches work like you should have too much time you your time isn't shouldn't be managed on <laughs> what somebody's saying um that would probably be my only like down only on hang, uh, up, on hang up on bow just kind of learning how to be you know a little bit more wine and cheese but i will say this the the most um i guess disheartening thing of when Bo was starting to, or when you know, towards the end of his, career, you know, I guess coaching career here, is when he needed the support from, like, you know, his boss at I course of time, he never got it. Not and at all. management, whether it's business, athletic director, even if you have, you know, inclination or want to, that you're going to release release the the you know, the coach at this, you know, what we're talking about, your job is to support him. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't there. And I think that's where you get a lot of the the vinegar and not honey from Bo. Um, because when he was actually trying to change, he didn't get it. Now, maybe it was too late, right? Maybe he had, I mean, maybe he'd already kind of used his, you know, kind of burned those bridges. Burn those bridges. But at the end of the day, you got to do your job. So 
Um, I don't think Notre Dame would – Notre Dame ain't going to come in dealing with what Nebraska uh, had to deal with. And I also think if if you would have to talk – if you would ask the Big Ten powers if they could go back and change it, I think they would because it, it, it didn't help Nebraska doing that, right? It didn't help the Big Ten. And it certainly didn't help the Big Ten. It made them look it made them look dumb for for bringing Nebraska in right. because you bring Nebraska in and they're not really competitive in, right. in any sort of way. At least on the football field, in other sports they were more than competitive. Sure. But on the football, but, the, field, but football they're, was they're little, not yeah. they weren't competitive and and it made the Big Ten look dumb. Like why did you bring in Nebraska when you could have you know brought in somebody else that right. might have actually added to your to your football acumen? Right, and then you know it's, I'm assuming Nebraska would. Think like, did we make the decision too quick? Mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Oklahoma is technically still in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, They're running the, the Big Twelve, yeah. like, and so the Big Twelve is still there. So, yeah. you know, there's lots of when you have stuff like this, you go back to revisionist history. How do you get here? Um, the Pac-12. How do they get here um, to this point? I mean, essentially, you know, Lincoln Riley. The thought was when he went out there, USC is just going to run the Pac-12, and they would just be. It would be USC, Oregon right below, and then everybody else would be, you know, yep. a, a steep decline, right? It would be as long as you take care of business, you know. Maybe, you're you're maybe, in the hunt. Yeah, you're in the hunt regardless of the re- regardless of your schedule. Now, um, and everybody was saying, oh, Lincoln Riley didn't want to go in the SEC. Now, they, well, now you're coming to the Big Ten. There really isn't a change. No. So, um, it's interesting how things change, and I wonder if this was something that was talked about before he took the job, but it's part of the job anyways. It's not for a couple of years. A lot of things can change, um, and it'll be interesting to see what teams that maybe want to piggyback, and or do they just say, you know what, we're just going to have two major, huge power conferences, figure out the schedule. By 2028, this is what the Here conferences go. are going to be. It's the Big Ten and the SEC. Yeah, whatever. East, whatever we'll you want to call it. Will they change the name? It won't be the Big Ten anymore. Well, the Big North. I don't know. Uh, SEC ain't changing. No, it's no. still they, SEC. Yeah, yes. They, I mean, you you can't tell. They'll mid- go get uh, they'll, they'll get like Arizona and Arizona State in the back. Now it's still the Southeast Conference. Right, so right. Just have to deal with it. I'm yeah, sorry. You, you can't tell people that went to Mississippi State that they didn't play semi pro football when, when when you're in the NFL <laughs> locker room. You cannot tell guys that played down there that they didn't that essentially they were playing semi pro football. I mean, it's the funniest thing ever. Um, and obviously they're on top right now, obviously with, with Georgia and then Alabama in the previous years. But, you know, the Big Ten, I think, is uh, – and I think it's it's one of the things when, you you know, Ohio State's really led it and other schools in Michigan. And, like, they're – you know, they're not taking a backseat to anybody in any, in any sport. So yeah. it's going to be really competitive, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's going to be great. We have a couple texts coming in on the uh, Sardar Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. You guys join in on the conversation um anthony asking about you know that the notre dame nbc thing he said do you think there's any truth to the rumbling that nbc asked them to wait on announcing the big 10 move as they want time to put together a media package for the conference i don't know but that was kind of my first thought is is you know does notre dame wait for nbc does nbc wait for notre dame uh before they decide to make a move to any conference although if nbc wants to stick with notre dame if notre dame wants to stick with nbc they're not going to the sec because the SEC has ESPN, that's a done deal. Like that's that's a thing that they the ESPN and SEC are lock and step. Yeah. So if NBC wants Notre Dame, if they if they want each other, the Big Ten is probably their most logical move, unless they want to go to the ACC, which wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like we've well, been there and done that. You, you know, it's like you know, my mom says, "Don't take the same detour twice." You know, don't go on a dead end twice. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I think it's all strategic. I mean, look, NBC seeing this yesterday, and Notre Dame seeing it yesterday, they're not like, hey, you know, it's July 1st, take the day off. It's emergency meetings. Yep. The text messages and the, you know, company emails and the, you know, in Notre Dame. They're getting fired out quickly. Oh, they, they're, they're not. They're working all through the weekend. Plans have changed. So this is this is when you work on how fast you can type. This is well, it, it's it's plan. The plans have changed, and it, it trickles down to every single coach because it affects how they can recruit and how they can play on a national level. It affects their paycheck. It, it's not something that where you know they're not going to have a good Fourth of July weekend, but it's not like oh, I got three days off and I can just kind of just check my you know email and text you know every six hours. It's it's you know you got your phone and your company phone. Uh, you're looking at it, you know, every, you know, 10 to 15 minutes because things are changing. And again, a team like Notre Dame and other teams that obviously that aren't Notre Dame, you don't want to get caught on the outside looking in because you want to get in where you fit in right now. So essentially, you know, they're locked in with you and you're married. Mm -hmm. And so even if you have like a downturn or things change in the future, you're not really, really down the down the list because if you're a team that's kind of like a lower, like a like a Arizona, mm. or you know what I mean, like yeah. like Arizona, you're below Arizona State, right? Yeah, and Arizona yeah. State in a lot of ways is in turmoil because of all the stuff that went on. You got to be thinking. I wonder what Washington State and Oregon State are thinking. And I wonder what Washington or Washington's Washington, thinking. Yeah. Because let's let's also go back and what before we go to break here, a few years ago. Washington was, was that team. Yeah. So they're not far off from where USC is saying they are, mm-hmm. right? And where Oregon, let's say Oregon is, even yes. though Oregon has a new coach. But yeah. you right? So four or five years ago, Washington was that team, mm-hmm. right? And, and so don't think that Washington isn't thinking, what do we need to do? Because they got to do something because they, they, they're, they, they have tradition, okay? Granted, they don't have the national championships, but they have they have tradition, they have a, the somehow or the ability to recruit. Um, they've put tons of players into the league. Yeah. They have pride about their football program. So you know a team like that and Washington State, do they go together? Oregon, do you kind of like all right? You know, do we we, we got all right, man? We got to bring say, Oregon State. with I would us. say Oregon and Washington probably yeah. try to. That's try to who team that's up. who the calls are going to. Yeah, right. Well, you got to think. You're talking to you know, a couple of years ago, a team that was on the rise or or was kind of almost at the pinnacle, Stanford. Right. And they've had a rough couple of years, but Stanford, Stanford is like a Big Ten team. Stanford, that's what I just and about the to academics. Say. Right. So when you talk about it, goes in twos, right? So if I'm Big Ten, I get Notre Dame and Stanford. Oh yeah. That's what, okay. That's the that's the cause I'm, that's what I'm calling right because you got the they play each other. Yep. You got Coach Shaw and their athletic programs. They're always going to be competitive, right? Even though they're a little bit, you know, a downturn as far as football. You, you have faith that they're going to get back up to where they need mm-hmm. to be. And there are 35 other sports that they have. They, they have, <laughs> right, that their coaches aren't, you know, on the books what they're getting paid. They're getting, t- you yeah. know, they're well compensated. So you bring those two in from an academic standpoint, mm-hmm. branding standpoint, and then if you could get a Washington and an Oregon – Oh, you're set. Listen here. Nick Saban would be like, all right, look, I'm done. Okay, NIL and the Big Ten have done all this. You know what? It's time for me to go down to Georgia, and I just need to, you know, just hang out for a while, get some golf in before I kick the bucket. Here you go, Kirby Smart. Deal with this. Because there would be really nothing that the SEC, SEC could do to match that. 
on the, the field. Yes, he has to make moves, but I don't know what any what moves. There, unless there are three un- biggest moves, unless Miami, be, unless Miami and Florida State start to take off and they go, yeah. then Cle- Clemson, Miami, Florida State yeah. are the three biggest moves they have left. But Clemson is a team like Notre Dame. They're in. They're they're in like mini transition, mm-hmm. right? They don't have the generational player quarterbacks and players, offensive linemen at Notre Dame and all that, yeah. right? They they're all gone, they're right? And the head coach in Notre Dame is gone. That kind of built it there. Yep. Now then, Dabo's there, but Dabo, let me see you do it without Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. We saw you d- do it with the number one quarterback, the number one quarterback. Yep. And you couldn't. He you couldn't get him to play dead. So now we got to see what you can do. Now Clemson's always going to win games. I think he's a very good coach. They're always well coached. But then you also just lost your defensive coordinator as well. Oh yeah. So now, Ooh. so that so when, so when I you so so when they lost to Georgia ten to three or whatever it was, yeah, the defense kept you in the game. Yep. Right. You just couldn't in a score. down in a down year. You think, I mean you got to think two or three years ago they had like three first round picks up front mm-hmm. and another guy that went first round the, the next year. So now we're going to see what you're doing. So all the stuff that you've been talking about, right? All the stuff you're saying and all this now Notre Dame and them they're they're in the same boat. It's put up or shut up time. But it's make your move while you're hot versus when you get cold, you get left outside in the cold. Whew. Man, I love I love schools transitioning to other conferences. It makes it makes for great talk and and just all of these scenarios are just so much fun to think about. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for Clemson to join the Big Ten. Let's 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 see if that happens. No, no, I, I wouldn't be able you don't to want contain. Clemson in the Big I Ten? Would, no, I don't want Dabo. Dabo, look, look we already is, got PJ. Fleck, no, I'm man. telling you, I'm telling you. I've told this to other people. As soon as Nick Saban retires, Dabo's going. going to Alabama. He grad. He went. He played. Yeah, he walked he on walk to play on football. There. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's going to Alabama. Like that's 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 set. It's it's going to be a thing. But when we come back, uh, best segment in radio history up next on Old School. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.